You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Chantel's the president and chief creative at Francis Roy, and she's the podcast host for the Hello Francis podcast. Um, she is more a solutionist than marketer. Chantel is best known for uncovering brand authenticity and utilizing points of differentiation to gain a competitive advantage. She is hyper-focused on strategic consistency, deliberate design, and building enduring personal connections with her team and the clients they serve. She graduated with honors from Arizona State University with a Master's of Advanced Studies in Sustainable Tourism. Chantel is guided by the principles instilled in her by her grandparents, Roy and Francis Warner, and prioritizes family first, both at home and in the work culture found at Francis Roy. So let's welcome Chantel. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you, Hillary. I know you play a big part in this. And thank you, Stephanie, for what you're going to contribute also. And I'm going to hand it over to Chantel. So thank you all so much. Hello. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Hello Francis podcast. My name is Chantel Dedeke and I'm your host. And I'm so excited because this is a unique recording of uh, the Hello Francis podcast. I have Stephanie Pettis and literally everyone who's attended the Florida Public Relations Association, Northwest Florida Communication Summit. Everybody say, hey. Hey. We are recording live, but not streaming live. So everyone here is in safe hands and excited. So let's talk about our guest today. Our guest is Stephanie Pettis, APR, CPRC. She is the perfect person to interview today because she's also the president of the Northwest Florida chapter of FPRA. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. Okay, so we're going to ask some basic questions because the listeners on the Hello Francis uh, podcast aren't necessarily in public relations. Sometimes they're not in marketing at all. They are either curious creatives or small business owners. And so if they don't know what the heck FPRA is, So, Stephanie, could you tell us a little bit about your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, the Florida Public Relations Association is actually an affiliate uh, chapter or affiliate state chapter for the Public Relations Association of America. Um, So, Florida has actually the oldest public relations association, so that is pretty awesome. Um, Steep, steep curve there, founded um, many, many years ago, and... um, it is probably one of the best professional development organizations that I've been a part of. I, I know that everyone here in the audience today and, and those of you, especially in hospitality and things along those lines, everyone has their own professional development organization. Um, if you're not involved, I highly encourage you to do so because, you know, when I when I moved to Northwest Florida six years ago, FPRA friends were probably some of the first people that I met. Um, and made really strong connections with them, and those connections still remain. Um, there are a lot of people that have transitioned out of the area, but I still stay in contact with them. Um, just a huge network of colleagues throughout the state, and now some even across the country. Well, that's exciting. And so, in your day job, this is about <laughs> they don't pay you at FPRA, do they? No. <laughs> Shame, she getting paid. No payment. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe some wine after this. Yeah. That would be nice. So your day job, you work for 25-hour communications, which I love that. Yes. Because if you're hour. in public, you 25th. Yes. Hour, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes. Um, I love that because if you're in PR and marketing at all, they. We like to say there are no marketing emergencies, but we know that's not true. That's not true. No, it's the perception. Yeah. And you do sometimes need a 25th hour. Yeah, just a little bit. So crazy. we are the extra hour that you need in your day. I really like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and your role there is vice president of planning and strategy. Yeah, so I'm the vice president of planning and strategy. Um, we so also, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which it's funny that you say that because that actually means that I am the data nerd. I am nice. the one that writes the plans. I'm the one that, that scripts things. I'm the one that works on the strategy for the colleges and universities that we work for. Um, so I get really excited about writing an executive summary based upon a community research plan that we wrote. I mean, that's I just kind of geek out over that kind of stuff. So yeah, planning and strategy is what I do. And so really... The main thing that I really love about my job in higher ed is I love to connect with the students and then a couple years down the road when the student sends me, you know, a request on LinkedIn or they send me, you know, a notice on Twitter and they're like, oh, hey, I remember I was an ambassador when you were on campus, you know, thank you so much. And so that to me is the true fulfillment of what I do is when I see something that we did to bring the student in and to get them attracted to higher ed and to get them attracted to um, developing that lifestyle of continuing to learn throughout their their whole lifespan that spark and then seeing them return and say you know thanks I'm glad I really got my start in education I'm glad I'm still doing this I'm glad I'm still moving along those lines so that's awesome that's that's really what it's about so yeah, and, and on, on a deep level, I'm just a data nerd, but I love the strategy and the planning behind what we do. Let's give you a rebrand. Okay. I think you deserve a rebrand. Stephanie Pettis, I make strategy sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That'll be her Instagram bio tomorrow. Yes, yeah. I will change that. New Twitter bio. Which is so nice. Twitter bio. So the data nerds, yes. I mean, you love Twitter. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so Stephanie, you've earned two industry accreditations. It's kind of the pinnacle in PR, I think, right, to have the APR, CPRC. And so I'd really love for you to tell us about your decision to seek these designations. First of all, what they mean, mm -hmm. and um, a little bit about your decision process, please. Okay. So the APR is an accreditation in public relations, and that is actually through the Universal Accreditation Board, which is a part of PRSA, the Public Relations Society of America. Um, in any affiliate chapter, so that could be FPRA, that could be um, PRCA, you know, a number of different organizations along those lines. So I first heard about APR in my undergrad program at Troy, and you and I have talked about this offline over yes. salads and lunch and stuff on numerous occasions. But Hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> Hamburgers. French fries. I, I really believe that it's important, and I feel like the first time that I heard about APR was from my instructors in college, who still to this day are mentors for me. And we've talked about this before, but I now have mentors that are, that are lateral. I have mentors that are older than I am. I have mentors that are younger than I am that I still, you know, 
they'll call me and they'll say, well, hey, I have this situation. What do you think I should do? But learning from those mentors about APR, I think, is what first sparked me to to try to do it. So, you know, I graduated a really long time ago (laughs) from college and one day um, I worked for for Global Steel Industry for a while um, when I kind of took a break out of higher ed. And um, in working for the industry there, a colleague of mine mentioned the APR process and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I heard about that when I was in college, but I never... I just never did it. I never, you know, committed myself. And she was like, well, we're doing it. And I said, well, okay. So I started the process with her um, there in uh, Mobile, Alabama. And then I moved to Northwest Florida and actually finished the process here through the Northwest Florida chapter. So I finished the APR in 2015. And... If, if I have an addiction, it's probably education, period. And it's learning more. I mean, I feel like there's, I hope that there's never a time in my life that I wake up and I'm like, oh, I just know everything. I mean, I really feel like every single day, every single situation that I throw myself into, I have got to be learning something, always. Yes. So I finished the APR process in 2015 and I decided to get another master's degree. So I went straight into that. And then after that, um, I actually won a scholarship through FPRA to do the CPRC. Congratulations. Which is, thank you, which is um, Certified Public Relations Practitioner or Counselor. And it is actually specific to the Florida Public Relations Association. Okay. So it is it is definitely recognized across the country, but it's something that originated here in the state of Florida. So it is a very unique certification um, at this time. I think there's like, I wish I had asked Heidi before she left. I, th- I think there's probably like maybe 120 people in the state that have it. So it's, it's really neat. It's a really interesting niche to have. And, and basically what it is, is you, you take the exam and you, from start to finish, you write plans and you just write and you just do strategy over and over and over. So it, it just kind of feeds into that continuing process of learning and adapting to what you do. And, you know, Heidi uh, was one of our speakers today and um, I still use information that I learned from her at a state conference in my work every day. So I think, you know, again, just adopting that attitude of continuing to learn all the time. Yeah, I loved Heidi's session. Yeah. And Heidi has a podcast as well. It's called Fluent and Flor- uh, Fluent and Floridian. Yeah. And which I love. Yeah. Um, just the title of that. So for all of our listeners and for everybody in the room, if you haven't subscribed and check her out. So yeah, she had so much, you know, a lot of us are using the Payson model now and, you know, knowing that that's kind of the way it's headed and just having someone break it down because I know not everyone who's at this conference is in PR. Mm -hmm. So it's so nice to have that information that's accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we're going to dive in a little bit into just continuing education in general. So I think as we grow up, everybody asks you, are you going to go to college? When are you going to go to college? What college are you going to go to? That's normal. And then there's some point in our adult life where people just stop asking you what you're doing to educate yourself. <laughs> it's like, you just don't need help anymore. But really, my mom always said, babies need parents the least because everyone's going to take care of a baby. Who needs a parent is like a teenager, you know, because you're like halfway out, or like a young adult. Both my kids are young adults, they're 20 and 22. And we, I think, parent them more now 
um, than we did when they were younger because there's just no help. And I think it's the same way with lifelong learning. So, you know, beyond a college degree, professionals are seeking, especially with um, the progression of technology and the internet, more and more they're seeking continued, continued education. And that's both formal um, and non-formal, I think. But is this a worthwhile journey from someone who is addicted to education? <laughs> Remember you said that? Yes, I okay. can say that. And, and I'm, I truly believe that. I need, to, yeah. I need, a, I need a help program. Um, but besides the, the tangible benefits of, of, of having a degree or having those kind of things, it's to me, all of those things are secondary because, again, it's developing a better understanding of how to be effective in what I do every day because... All of you know, with with public relations, we are constantly representing our companies or we're constantly representing our clients or, or industry that we work for. And the more that we can grow in what we're doing, the more we can learn and get that foundational understanding of public relations and what we're doing, the better we are going to be serving our clients and our CEOs and and you know our students or whoever it is that we're working for so um, I think it just adds you know a depth to the profession and it the credentials provide us you know with the tools and the knowledge that we need to develop the confidence to be able to go into that that CEO's office and say you know because it's it's a hard thing to go in and say you know you really shouldn't do that (laughs) you know but having their accreditation and having the lifelong learning to be able to go in and say you know, I'm confident in what I know. It's not just because of my instincts. It's because this is the best practice. This yeah. is what you should do. This is why you should do this. So, I, you know, I think if we, again, if we get to a point where we think, you know, there's nothing else that we can contribute or there's nothing, you know, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to learn anything else. I think, you know, that's scary to me. I think we should constantly be working towards self-improvement um, in, in a number of ways in our lives. And I think that is a really great segue into the next question, which is like, you know, most employers don't require a certification or an accreditation in marketing or in PR or anything like that. I mean, uh, certainly different for other fields. Like, um, if you want to be a doctor, you better do that. Uh, you can keep up with your CEUs and stuff like that. But so it's sometimes I think it's very difficult to be motivated to seek that out on your own when it's not required and things like job security, increased salaries, promotions are not guaranteed even if you go through the process. So it's still a worthwhile journey, Stephanie? I absolutely think it is. I mean, again, I'm gonna, I'm always gonna say, yes, higher ed, woo. <laughs> or yes, continuing it, I'm always gonna be that person to, to cheer everyone on. But as professionals, I think in, um, in the world today, and the way that public relations is perceived a lot of times, I think that as professionals, it's our responsibility to raise the bar. Mm-hmm. It, it's our responsibility to make ourselves competitive. You know, the climate is continually changing, and I, and I feel like, you know, the knowledge that we gain from these type of things and, and education and the things that we can do to better ourselves, you know, they change the way that we practice. And, and to me, they inspire me more to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the more I learn, the more I want to learn and the more I want to engage with people who know and I want to talk to people, you know, like like you, like you and I are talking about a client or we're talking about, you know, something that happened with a client. And, and so it's like, oh, you know, I went to, went to lunch with Chantel today and I learned something, you know, I, I learned something from her experience. And, just, I think, opening yourself up to that. But 
you know, public relations is a huge umbrella. I mean, there's there's marketing, there's event planning, there's all these different things that go in line with public relations. But at the same time, I think people get that confused mm-hmm. because, you know, research goals, objectives, strategies, tactics, all of those things are public relations and all those things are before event planning. And all of those things are before, you know, creating a flyer or posting on social media. All of those things have to come first and that foundation um, and what we know and how we can learn about that and, and help our employers to be effective by knowing those things and knowing when to implement those things and knowing when to fall back on those things because you get caught up in that whirlwind of, oh, we've got to push this out on social and oh, we've got to have all this collateral. But why? You know, how are we being effective for our client and for our CEO? You know, what is that strategy? And, it, and it's, it's equipping ourselves to adequately promote them and adequately position them as the thought leaders that they desire to be. So well said. Thank you. <laughs> it's like you've done this um, I think you have to get comfortable with it's okay to abandon education that you've maybe completed. You know, there's a little bit of hesitation where like, am I going to use this forever? I mean, do y'all really know who you want to be when you grow up? I mean, not all I know, of I'm not in. Yeah, right? It's, so I think it's okay to be like, this is where I am right now. I, I'm, I want to know more about this specific industry that I'm working in right now. And then later on, maybe you're in a different position or something happens, but no one can take that education from you. No. Like that knowledge is yours. And so there should, I, I don't think you should hesitate to um, take advantage of education if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, and, and you know, with an annual review, I mean, a lot of people in this room, I'm sure you have an annual review. You know, when you go into to your supervisor, do you say, this is my one-year plan? This is my five-year plan? This is where I want to be in 10, 10 years? I mean, do, do you know? Because sometimes I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly feel like sometimes I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So, you know, but I also think that makes me more creative because I think that makes me think outside of the box because I'm constantly trying to... Um, you know, put myself in another situation. It's like, okay, well, if I was a, a technical instructor, how would I recruit a student to this welding program? You know, what what would I do? How how would I think outside of the box for that? That's awesome. So, what role? So, what role do you think accreditation plays in setting an industry standard? Like, you know, do we need uniform standards? Is that where we're moving and going towards? I think we do um, because, again, like I mentioned, I think as professionals, you know, we're raising the bar, we're advancing the profession because who else is going to do that? Yeah. You know, we're, we're the ones that are doing that. Our CEOs or our clients or students or whoever, they, they can't do that for us. We're the ones that are going to have to raise the bar on that ourselves. So, um, you know, again, I think a lot of people sometimes practice um, with under the umbrella of public relations, but I, I think having those certifications and having um, those standards keep people accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think we all... Um, you know, we all keep each other accountable in our jobs, but I think having that foundation and having those standards keeps people accountable. Um, I think a lot of times public relations gets um, <laughs> gets a, kind of a bad um, or a negative perception, um, especially in today's world. Um, I know one example that we had earlier was um, this Ben sucks blog and the spin sucks twitter so if you're not following those you must do that it's amazing but it's you know public relations is not about spin 
And I think it's, um, it's important for us to raise the bar and it's important for us to have those standards to hold people accountable so that um, we, as a collective group, can change that perception because a lot of day, a lot of times, especially in today's world, I think, in the media and other things um, <laughs> that are happening around us, I think people say, oh, well, that's just a PR spin. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not the same thing. <laughs> that's not what we do. Yeah. I mean, we, we're here to create the narrative. We're here to be honest. We're here to be transparent, create the narrative, be the, the thought leaders, mm-hmm. you know, to shape the messaging. We're not here to change the messaging. So I think there's a little misconception that PR is like glamorous. Yeah. How many of you work in PR? Raise your hand. Okay, so mm, what, 30 probably? How many of you feel like your job is glamorous? <laughs> not one person raised their hand. So I think there certainly is like maybe, a, you know, a movie perception, you know, something oh, that's absolutely. being miscommunicated. Yeah. Yes, Sex in the City. What has she done to us? It's <laughs> not what is happening. That's a very good point. <laughs> or we talked about Olivia Pope earlier. I mean, yes. Scandal is one of my favorite shows, but yeah, not the same. Not, not the same. same. <laughs> and I know that's like based on a real person's life. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's it. First yeah. of all, very stressful. <laughs> you're probably need a lot of self-care if you're Olivia Pope in real life. Um, Please don't send me hate mail. Yeah, really. <laughs> we like Olivia Pope. Yeah, we love her yeah. and um, whoever inspired her. Yeah. I, I think that there is a little bit of this misconception that it, you know, this is just all glamour and going to events, and it's just a lot of hard work. I mean, my PR friends, which is a lot of you are in the room, you guys are the hardest working people I've met. <laughs> and it's no gut, it's all guts, no glory, right? Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if it's a beautiful message, everyone's happy, right? If the message sucks, who are they coming to? You. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough. It's so tough. So outside of APR, CPRC, and the accreditations that are specific to public relations, we got a, we got a little bit more time here, so we're okay. I've been watching the clock. We're doing good. But there are some free tools, and I know, Stephanie, it was really important yeah. to both of us that we talk about this a little bit, but there are... It's not everything costs money to continue your education and to increase your lifelong learning. Uh, one of my favorites is edx.org, mm-hmm. where you can like take Harvard, MIT, Berkeley classes for free, unless you want like a certification or whatever, and then a lot of times it's like $49 or $99 or yeah. whatever. I said it will take one of those a quarter, and they're not all super related to my job. I've taken one on justice. That was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time, especially at Harvard classes, they'll be paired with a book that you can read that a Harvard professor wrote. You know, I mean, it's just like super great. Um, what are some of your favorites? I love TED Talks. Anything related to a TED Talk, I think, is awesome. Um, they're super interesting. And, I mean, if you have a topic in mind, you can generally find it on TED Talk. I mean, there's yeah. always going to be some kind of topic. Um, um, in one of my master's programs, we were actually required to watch a lot of te- a lot of TED Talks. Um, and then we had to, you know, write blog posts and stuff based on the, the TED Talks. But those, you know, master class, like you said, um, I've participated in a couple of those. I mean, some of those are free. Some of them are a couple hundred dollars. It just depends on what, you know, who the speaker is or what you're looking at. Then there's also, you know, Google Google certifications or Google AdWords, like we talked about earlier in, in today's um, summit sessions. HubSpot, I know Shay Smith and I have talked about HubSpot certifications before. But, you know, there's, there's some other things you could do that are, like, legit free, like... 
Oh, I don't, you can read. <laughs> she said, pick up a You book. can read. Um, I mean, uh, you and I have talked about it before. We have like a laundry list of people that we read, and it's like, oh, this book is great. Oh, you need to read this. Or, but, you know, follow those blog, those bloggers or follow PR Daily on, on Twitter or, you know, Spin Sucks, any, any of those things. Follow those things and make yourself situationally aware of what's going on in your industry um, because you can learn from that type of thing as well. I mean, there's always, there's consistent learning opportunities that may or may not cost you anything. You know, a master's program is going to cost you, a certification is going to cost you a couple hundred dollars, APR does, CPRC does. But, you know, I had one mentor in, in my career who said, it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can sit here and tell you, oh, you should do this. You should do this. But it is a personal decision. It is totally a personal decision unless your employer says you have to get this, which right. is probably not going to happen. But um, I, I just feel like, you know, it's a personal decision. It's a personal devotion to yourself. Um, so if you're not doing it for anybody else, if you're not doing it for your employer, do it for yourself. So invest in yourself in that time. That's great. Invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Or if your employer asks you to do it, you can tell them that I said, are you going to pay for Yeah, that? you can pay for that. And then um, if they say no, then, you know, I don't know what to do to help you. But if they say yes, then definitely, <laughs> definitely do it. I think YouTube, everybody's learning yes. things on YouTube, which is great. My my daughter um, drives like an old car and uh, her handle, her passenger side handle fell off. And she's just like, you know, she's young. She's like, I don't know. I think this car's dead. I need a new one. I'm like, no, girl. <laughs> You're going to drive that forever. Yeah. <laughs> You're not getting yeah. a new car. So um, she went and got a new handle. And she's like, I don't know how to do this. And my husband wasn't available. And she YouTubed it. She needed help. But yeah. uh, she YouTubed it. And just like so much that you, uh, so much access to information mm-hmm. that we never had. Like, we never had that when I was younger. Yeah, you know? I, I used a YouTube videos to change the battery in my key fob for my car. Mm. Yeah, I mean, anything. Yeah. And now I'm a genius when it comes to that. I mean, <laughs> really, I can do it for everyone, and it's $125. Anybody need it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> I'll totally hook you up. Which is an expert. I'm certified. <laughs> I think you should add that to your signature bio. It's exciting. It's in my Twitter bio. <laughs> it's in your Twitter bio. And you, okay, Andy, correct me. Is it Udemy? Are you Demi? You Demi. You Demi, like you to me, you to me. You to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is also like a really great resource. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like, is it because it'll be like, oh, this is a $200 class and you can get it for one day only for $10? I'm like, "Mm." but I think that that you just have to be competitive. There's so many educational platforms out there and so much information available. Any, have any of you guys taken any like online classes lately that were new that you loved? Oh yeah, I take, I've been taking them on WordPress. WordPress, WordPress. Yes. yeah. Navigate websites better. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Free? Yeah, the Udemy one I downloaded was free. Nice. Yeah. It, yeah, of course when it comes to technology, anything that we can do to learn, I think is probably critical to, to what we do because it changes what like now on a daily basis, I think. Yeah. Well, we have spent a good, what, 30, 40 minutes talking about adult education and lifelong learning. <laughs> I think we, do we have a couple minutes for questions, Shay? Does anybody have a question? Shay has a question. <laughs> um, I, I, I do a lot of the HubSpot certifications, and for my role, it's very valuable. I learn a lot. My company values that, so they allow me time to do that. Mm. But what I get is people like, I just don't have time to 
how, I mean, I'm one of those people, like, if you think it's important, you're going to make it happen. But right. some people, they just, like, how do they put value on it? How do they get their employer to value it, to allow them? Like, we do a dedicated training day once a quarter. And my team does work. We do training once a quarter. But everyone doesn't have that, you know, support from their boss or their business owner. They don't have time. they got to run the business. It's not time to do a full day course. So how do you put value on that? And then how do you manage your time? You know, just any suggestions. It's going to look different per role and, you know, industry you're in. But I just... I, I, I get questions on that, I'd be interested to hear what y'all have to say on that. Okay, I'm going to try to rephrase that a little. Um, that was all brilliant and not going to get very much of it. But it's, um, so if you want to, you know, basically continue with your education, how do you create time within your own schedule to do that? And what do you do if your boss doesn't, or the, the company that you work for doesn't necessarily allow you time or um, see that as a value benefit to their organization? Did I cover all that, Shay? Perfect. That's to you, man. Yeah, I, Shay, um, I think we've talked about this before, and I think you already do this, but the way that, the way that you learn, you're creating value for your employer because you're solving a, I mean, you're providing a solution for them, basically. So that, to me, is the value. Um, not only are you creating a value for yourself professionally, but you're creating a value for your employer because you may be the only person on the team that can do that. Um, and so by showing them what you can contribute because you have learned these things, I think is critical. Um, and once they see what you can do, um, hands down, I think that they would be supportive of that. But um, as far as the hours, I think it's amazing that you guys have a day per quarter that you're allowed to do the professional development. I think that's phenomenal. Um, so kudos to your employer for doing that. But a lot of, in my personal situation, a lot of mine was definitely on my personal time. Um, so again, it was just an investment in myself, but that fed back to my employer because it made me a better employee. Yeah, I think that's your value is showing that you have the initiative to do this, to better yourself for the company. And you know, I don't think they can argue with that. And if they do argue with it, maybe you just decide to take your talents and you know, <laughs> somewhere else. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but you have a value statement for yourself and you have the right to work for someone in some organization that is a good fit for you. And if you feel like you're spinning your wheels and they don't they, they don't see the value that you bring, then break it. <laughs> Well, and you can also show them, you know, the, the financial situation, the, the financial side of that. You know, it, it's a free investment for the certification that you're going for, but how are you increasing the value for the company? You know, are you building campaigns now because you've learned how to do this through HubSpot that you could not have built for your client before that's making your client more money, therefore making your employer more money? So show them, anytime you can show them the financial ramifications for them <laughs> and how it's going to contribute back to them, you know, especially with the free certification like that. I mean, it's not free for your time, but it's not costing them anything. But yeah, look at this value that I'm giving you. An example of that is we had a freelance out a bunch of design work. And I asked my designer, like, is there a, certificate, is there a course for this? And he was like, yeah. And then he went and did it. Now he can do it without. So, yeah, which is absolutely. awesome. I mean, so how much are you saving the company by not freelancing? Yeah, right. Yeah. And not in and time, I think, inter, interfacing with a freelancer as well. So yeah. you might be taking time on one side, but then adding time on the other. So, it, I mean, I think it's all in how you balance it. Yeah. 
but you know, Stephanie and I have talked quite a bit about something that you can really do for yourself is educating you about yourself. Yeah. Right? That's so <laughs> also weird. addicted to that. I don't know. Yeah, we're addicted to that. So uh, we had a podcast about, you know, the Myers-Briggs, the 16personalities.com, the Myers-Briggs assessment through that website. And we got so much feedback. I mean, everybody is really interested to find out what they are. I'm not sure I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good timing. <laughs> Did I you activate your theory? <laughs> is your theory a British man like mine? Mine is. <laughs> Andy, that's why I was like accidentally in British accent earlier. It's because I talked to my Siri all day and he's like a British dude voice. Um, I do. I do. My name, his name is Quincy. Right. Andy was like, was that just a British accent? Like now that makes sense. It's yeah. full circle. You know, I think learning about yourself, your personality, where you're a good fit. I mean, we love 16personalities.com, but you know, really assessments like that give you, I mean, it's an education. Yeah, absolutely. I think it sets you up to be, because you understand and you understand what you need to be because we're always on. I mean, public relations people are always on. You're always extroverting somehow. On the Myers-Briggs scale, I'm actually an introvert. So, which that means is that I extrovert all the time, all day long, and then I have to have my downtime. Um, that's how I recharge. So really, introvert, extrovert is how you charge yourself. Um, so as an extrovert, you may charge yourself by hanging out with people or talking to your friends or whatever. But I think learning those things and knowing more about yourself sets you up to be successful in how to learn and, and how to engage with other people. It sets you up in networking situations. I will say, and this is kind of, we talked about this a little bit, but one of the best things that I did for myself as a communicator was to listen. So I think a lot of times as communicators, we think that we're supposed to be talking all the time. We're supposed to be communicating all the time. We're the ones that are supposed to be in the front. But I think what we lose is the practice of actively listening. Um, and I think that in the last couple of years, by developing that, I think a lot of people have looked at, at, at me um, in meetings in certain situations and thought, well, you know, she's a PR person, but she's not saying anything. She's not speaking up. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm listening. <laughs> so when I need to speak up, I'll know exactly what I need to say to advise you appropriately. So I think one thing as a communicator that we should all do more of is, is actively listen to situations and position ourselves to better advise and, and better counsel as a PR person. That's great wisdom. Yeah, great wisdom. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think we have time for another question if anybody has one. Anyone? It's because you don't want to hear your voice on this podcast. <laughs> Everyone, that's the, the, I hate my voice, they'll say. Or they'll record, you know, an episode with us and I'll, I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, I didn't listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Hillary. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Hillary can edit my southern accent. No. Please. No. Stand no. <laughs> in your power, friend. This has been very educational for me and I think for everyone here. And it's so interesting. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to do something new. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being brave. Yeah. Not just <laughs> doing the podcast interview, which scares the crap out of everyone, but in doing it in front of all these people who've been staring at us the whole time. Yeah. 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 It's been a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You're Thank amazing. you. I appreciate everybody coming to the summit. We This is something that we really want to see grow. Um, it's, it's unique to this area. I cannot say enough things about our board or FPRA. If you're interested in getting involved with our organization, we 
you know, we welcome anyone from any background. So yeah, I mean, this summit is, it's been a labor for um, a lot of people on our board. Um, so we're very appreciative of everybody coming out for that. Thank you. And if you're listening and you haven't done so already, please like, comment, and share. You can also send us an email if you have questions. Hello at FrancisRoy.com. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to everyone in the audience. You've been amazing. Until next time.